Welcome back to the channel folks. My name's Shane. This is five quick questions part two Thank you everybody who left comments and questions on the initial mailbag video that I did just last week Man that got overwhelming uh, positive response So thank you so much and this particular video will take five more questions and I'll try to answer them the best that I can So let's get into it. The first question is from Andrew Copeland What's your favorite accessory for gigging and playing guitar recently you put me onto those little plastic strap lock things from Amazon Brilliant. I've got them on all of my guitars now. I've got them on the majority of my guitars now as well. I love those little things. Anytime I just need a guitar for a video, for example, I usually just have one strap that I can put on any guitar that I've got in the room, and then I'll just use those things. They're really, really good for 50 cents or whatever they are. They're awesome. But in terms of what's my favorite accessory, I have to say the PRS gig bags are by far my favorite things to take to a gig. Now that's probably not a tone thing, but it's just a practicality thing. I love being able to put the majority of my guitars in a PRS gig bag. They all fit except for obviously the Flying V. I have no problems putting anything into that bag. This gig bag is awesome for a number of reasons. It's really padded. I can fit all of my cables and all that kind of stuff into it. And it also has this secret hook built into the inside pouch of it as well, which is something a lot of people don't talk about. So this is one of those things where you can actually hang your gig bag up if there's a place for it if you're at a jam or whatever so it's got a hook built in i think that's a really cool feature but just the practicality of it it's nice and comfortable and anytime i go to a jam and i take pretty much any of my guitars except for my flying v i'm going to take that gig bag it's just a great gig bag for moving guitars around and i know they're going to be secure i'll leave some links in the description up next is a question from Avatar7x7. He says, what are the best overdrive pedals to use in front of an ultra clean Fender Twin amplifier? Now, I see this question come up a lot. Now, the first thing you got to remember, anytime you're talking about the best, it's all subjective to what you like. I've been saying this for years. If you like a particular type of pedal on a video or in person, if you get to try it out, then that's the right one for you. It doesn't really matter what I think, but because I've seen this question come up so often over the years, I've actually put a post together at guitarpedaldemos.com. I'll link it below and you can see the full list. So actually, in terms of just straight up overdrives, I'm going to give you a few that I think are some of the best in my opinion, but I always urge anyone who's basically going to go out and buy something to test it for themselves and make sure that they like it. But in my experience, these pedals should definitely do the business. So the Maxon OD808 or OD820, which is another fantastic one, or Ibanez Tube Screamer, all of those three pedals are fantastic in a twin. It gives you that mid-boost sort of lead push thing that you want, and they're really, really good. Another great one is the Shelly Pony Boy. And the reason I put this on the list is it's a clon type of pedal with a little bit extra and it's not as expensive, and it's made in the US, so that would be another one high on the list. The next one I have to add to the list is the VS Audio Royal Flush. I love this pedal. It's one I use personally. I think it's great. You can stack both sides together, or you can use one or the other. Set them up for a rhythm tone, set it up for a lead tone. It doesn't matter. It's a great pedal for either situation. Now, if you're a Strat player, I'm going to recommend this as maybe the best Strat overdrive pedal that I've had a chance to play, and I use this anytime I play a Strat Live. This is the Crazy Tube Circuit Stardust. It's just a great pedal. It gives you that classic sort of, you know, little wing-ish kind of sound to some extent. It's nice and, you can get it either nice and clean, or you can push it over the edge and it sounds like a, sort of like a blackface amp cranked. It's really, really cool. There's not a whole lot of pedals that does that as well as the Stardust does, so definitely check it out. If you want to see the rest of this list, including distortion pedals, 
and fuzz pedals, check the link to my website in the description. It'll take you through it and you can read up on all 30. So there you go. The next question is from Kev Dennis. He says, hi, Shane. I love the channel. Where do I get all of those cool posters? So when I actually did this, I posted a video. If I can find it, I'll leave a link up in the cards here as well. So essentially, I go to Google Images and I print these up. These aren't posters that you can buy anywhere either. These are just ones that you see online. Some of them are fan art and some are actually you know, posters from back in the day as well. I don't know who made the majority of these or what, but I essentially just download the ones that I like in the largest format I can find. Then I take them to a printing store here or an office supply shop called Officeworks. I'm not affiliated with them or anything like that, but they have a really great printing service. So yeah, that's all I do. I find the ones that I like, the artists that I like, and also that sort of jump out and sort of pop from the wall. I love this Dr. John one down here. The Muddy Waters one looks great as well. I just try to find colorful ones of the musicians that I like. And I print them out and that is it. They cost me about $1.70 or something like that each. And there you go. The only downside of using this type of paper or the budget paper is the fact that the blue tack will stain the paper after a couple of months. But with that aside, they've held up pretty well every now and then. I do replace them, but uh, I've actually got this wall also done for my tech channel as well. Well, I've covered that before. I know a lot of new subscribers won't know the history behind the posters and how to do them and how to find them and all that kind of stuff. But odds are, if you Google search any of these, you'll find them. So go to Google Images. <laughs> Done. The next question is from Anthony Beers. He asks, what do I think about YouTube? So for those who don't know what YouTubes are, I'll give you the actual blurb about them. YouTube, similar to a conventional vacuum tube, has an anode grid filament structure and operates exactly as a triode vacuum tube. Also similar to a vacuum tube, it creates the same characteristic rich overtones. So basically, it's a different type of tech. It's a way smaller as well. If you haven't seen one, I'll try and find one and put one on screen. But it essentially, it's supposedly gives you the same type of tones and it has a, uh, an expected life of about 30,000 hours of use, which is pretty high. It's probably a lot higher than a 12AX7. I don't know exactly the expected life cycle of a 12AX7 or a EL34 or anything like that, but 30,000 hour, 30, hours is actually a pretty long time. So the amps and gear, I've had a chance to try these in. They sound fine. I think probably the most popular amps that use this tech are some of the Vox amplifiers. Now, in terms of my own personal experience, I've tried some of the Vox amplifiers that use the new tubes as well as the Blug amplifier, and they both sounded really good to my ear. And being that they're so small, they don't need as much power, all that kind of stuff as well. So generally, those amps are a whole lot lighter. One of my friends from YouTube, Landon from Lando27 Music, did an actual blind shootout between the new tube and vacuum tube amplifiers are both Vox amps. Definitely go check that out. Use your ears, see if you can hear a difference. I couldn't really hear that much of a difference, but go check it out. This last question is from Andreas. He says, what was the piece of gear you tried that surprised you the most, be it low expectations, value for money, or just straight up wow factor? So there's a number of things I can think of over the years. There's so many great pedals. There's so many great amps that are of a low price point. I think one of the biggest things that really blew me away was the Artist Tweet Tone 20 amplifier. That thing is just an amazing amp. I could also list a few of the Harley Bentons in this list as well. But just straight up sort of like as an inexpensive item, I'm going to probably go with this. This is the New X Mighty Light BT amplifier. These are great. These come in at about 99 US dollars and they're one of the best little practice amps I've ever heard. You can run them on batteries or you can plug them straight into an AC adapter and they sound unreal. I did a full review of it. 
You can you can actually use your phone, but you don't have to use your phone with it. That's one of the great things about it. You can just plug in and play. You don't have to have your phone on all the time. If you want to store some of your favorite tones, you can then load up the app, which is a first-party app as well, which is great because it actually works with the amplifier. So many of these sort of Bluetooth devices that just don't work properly, that by far is better than anything else I've had a chance to try in that particular price point with just its physical size. It really blew me away. It has a very 3D or three-dimensional type of sound. It fills the room. It sounds way bigger than it is. It's a great little amp. So I'll leave some links also in the description. Thanks for watching, guys. My name's Shane. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a thumbs up. If you do have any questions you'd like me to answer, please post in the comments as well. I appreciate that. So I also take in all of the comments I see or saw on the first video as well regarding the microphone and the gate and all that sort of stuff. So just to let you know, I had a dodgy cable. Every time I stopped talking, I'd hear this buzz and it was driving me nuts. So I added a really annoying gate just so I could still use the video. But I'm going to back up my videos now with a second microphone because I figure, you know, if this doesn't work now with the pop filter and all that kind of stuff, I've still got the backup of this little guy down here so the audio should be so much better on this particular video thank you so much for all the comments and questions i'll catch you on the next one see ya